creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Wednesday, August 1st, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there is Mark Jackson. Hey, everybody. In the corner. He's, he's our fact check. He's fact checking today. Uh, <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, back in black, Tyler Huckabee. Hey guys! Rock and roll. Hey guys! Horrible. Give it another one. And, uh, another all the one. way from the, let's see, it's like where in the world is Annie F. Downs? Uh, Indianapolis, right. Indiana, this week. Author, right. speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. I'm so glad to see y'all. all of y'all wore black except me. I didn't get the memo. You guys are all twinsies. Why? Why oh, yeah. are you in Indianapolis? Uh, I'm speaking at an event tonight. This microphone, I told Jesse, this microphone has just traveled the world with me this spring. <laughs> you need to do like those old timey uh, suitcases and put like stickers from all the destinations on the microphone. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, I should. We'll do that for fall 2018. We'll do that. So have, do, are, do you take the opportunity to go explore the city or are you just st- hanging in the hotel room and then speaking it out? You got you want nothing to do with actual Indianapolis. Yeah, Andy, are, you, are you really seeing the sights of scenic Indianapolis? Right? <laughs> have you built time into your I like Indianapolis. Yeah, it's been great. We make a real point in every city we go to. My assistant Eliza and I, we make a point to eat at one local restaurant. So that's about because we aren't ever anywhere for a real long time. But we make a point to eat one place local, and so we are doing that today. Waffle so House. that's that's kind of our get doing out. A, doing a little a little a little Tex Mex place called Moe's <laughs> right in town. Just had a Jimmy John's yeah. in Cincinnati <laughs> and a Jersey Mike's weirdly in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I mean, just a lot, of, a lot of local color, you know? Right. Grab a New York grab a New York slice from California Pizza Kitchen when you're in the Big Apple. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it really is sad, honestly. Like you go to like Third uh, Avenue Promenade in Santa Monica, and it's just the Gap and everything. Now it's just, just the mall. Chains, and you go to yeah. like all the places yeah. that were like local. It's just oh, it's cool, and there's people here. And now the chains move in, and every city yeah. is literally yeah. the exact same now. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this this got this got really sad and bleak really quickly. <laughs> no, we also got really Jesse, we actually have a we like do a thing, we call it tour to taste buds, and we like score every restaurant we go to across the country. Do you have a blog of this? Do you publish these scores or are these just for personal? On Insta story. Sake? So oh. yes. Okay. But no. I mean okay. they we score yeah. we public we publicize the scores for twenty four hours. Do you ever publicly shame a restaurant <laughs> that's terrible? Uh, only one. We Where? did do one. Really? We were one that was oh, like, "Let's the hear worst it. Story. Let's hear yeah. it. Let's what hear happened? it." That w- I will re- leave the city and state un- unidentified, but we went to a breakfast place for breakfast burritos, and it was seriously like something a college dude would have made if given two eggs and a tortilla. I mean, it was so gross. That sounds delicious. When I was in college, I had some home run. I had some home runs with eggs and burritos. I was going to say, you're talking to a couple of former college dudes and and I can't speak for the other guys, but I don't know that my culinary skills have really evolved since my college dude face. And two eggs, two eggs and a tortilla, I honestly yeah. don't know how you messed that up. Well, like, yeah, I, that's the problem, Jesse, is that you think that's the high top of a breakfast burrito <laughs> and it's not 
It's got the essentials. It, listen, I mean, I this sounds. I, I mean, I don't. I don't really care. But you know where I think? Like we could go to the fanciest brunch place in town. My family and I. You know, we. You know, a place that has like a two hour wait mm-hmm. every Saturday morning or whatever. And I, or you could say, Hey, you could go get a breakfast sandwich from Wawa. And I'd be like, dude, that breakfast sandwich from Wawa is on point. It is ridiculously good. When Jesse, so, uh, we didn't have Wawa's here in Florida. And yeah, we don't have them he, in Tennessee. He would, we got the signs all over Wawa's are coming in a couple years ago. And he was telling me, dude, I was like, it's these gas stations. And he's like, game yeah, changer. Yeah, dude, they're amazing. And I was like, what's so great about them? They're just gas stations. He's like, the food. The food is way. I'm like, Jesse, I'm not going to eat at a gas station. He's like, no, no, no. It's like a restaurant and a gas station. Is so it's a good. restaurant that sells gas is what it is. <laughs> it's not a gas station that has food. It is a it is a high tech restaurant. You order it all on the iPad. You do your custom thing. They give you a number, a whole deal. And they happen to sell gas. It's not the other way around. Okay. Let's just. Yeah. I like Wawa just, because they have free air and uh, vacuums. That's what. That's why I go to Wawa. That's true. Really? That mm-hmm. is true. We don't have them. I saw them for the. Fr- I literally saw them for the first time last week in New Jersey, and I thought this is the place yeah. Jesse talks about. Sometimes. <laughs> I think he has stock. You should add it to add it to your rankings there, and you know, bail on whatever yeah, lame. There we go. We'll add it to the tour to taste buds. <laughs> yeah, whatever lame. You know, avocado toast place you were going to go to in Indianapolis and go straight for the Wawa. That's where... Man, this morning... Hold on. I'm going to... Sh- this morning, Ooh. here at this hotel, we had Chia Where are you pudding. staying? I mean, who what does that? that looks, I know. It's called Ironworks. That looks, it's that looks so delightful. bougie. I'm so into it. Oh, no. That it. looks really, really great. Now I'm getting hungry. Right? So forget you, Wawa. I can, I'm going to have Chia give me, pudding give me, for Give me That's two awesome. Eggos and, uh, you know, glass of chocolate milk, and I'm set. That's all I want. I'm a low-maintenance I'm a low maintenance breakfast person. I'm I, a live low for breakfast. Breakfast. I live for a good breakfast sandwich. I'm like yeah. a connoisseur of a fine breakfast sandwich. I'm, good, I'm great at making... I don't like to brag. I'm amazing at making them. <laughs> but I also... But, I get, but if I'm going to your breakfast place, I'm getting your breakfast sandwich. It's not yeah. like, as goes the breakfast sandwich... So goes the restaurant. Huckabee, what's the best one in Nashville? What have you found? Oh, there's a there's yeah, Nashville's got a pretty good selection. I think uh, the Nashville Biscuit House, that little like uh, kind of diner spot out here on Gallatin on the east side, I knew is really you were solid. Say east Nashville. Uh, well, it's so got the best food, Annie. <laughs> it, okay, we were C- Cameron and I were in Austin. I think it was year before last year or something, and we had an extra day, and I think we texted Shauna to see if Shauna could give us like a brunch record, because Shauna that's, knows that's that. Shauna knows that. Any city you go to, you text Shauna Nequist for a restaurant recommendation. That's just what yeah. you do when you travel. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Agreed. And, and, and so she sent us one, this brunch place in Austin, and look, it was it was as you'd expect like a fancy brunch place to be. It was like, a Shauna Nequist restaurant. It was a whole thing, though. Yeah. Here's the thing: it was it's a awesome. whole thing. Like <laughs> I, was, I want. If I go, here's, here's how you know if you had a good breakfast place, like a like an old grimy diner, greasy spoon, is that there are very few words on the menu. You just point. Like there's no reading involved. I point to the picture of the eggs with bacon and the you know th- these are like French breakfast entrees with fancy drinks and like you know wait waiters who are dressed in theme. Like I don't I don't need 
that. I just give me, give me the the. I want something that was made in a skillet that made you know fifty other breakfasts that morning <laughs> and, and hasn't been washed. Like and they just cook the grease right in. That's a stick to your bones breakfast. That you know. That's true. When you're that's how you start. That's how you start a day off. You need a stick to your bones breakfast. The, uh, we're okay, up. Cameron. Speaking of, we need to talk about your your new your new breakfasting you're eating. You have so much water on the table yeah. and no <laughs> diet cokes, which makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, it's officially August, and the listeners of the last few months know August twenty fourth. I have to run this race with World Vision. Wait, are you back on? I thought you hurt your foot. I did. I stress fractured my foot and couldn't train for six weeks. So on August twenty fourth, there's a two hundred mile relay race uh, from Mount. Hood to the coast near Portland called Hood to Coast. And I'm on a team with World Vision and we're trying to raise money for clean water in South Sudan. And I'm going to tell everybody the URL next week so you can please donate because this is is the most horrific, hellish thing I've ever been through. I am a (laughs) non-runner. There was a three-month training window to kind of get ready for the race. I trained for 10 days, had a stress fracture, couldn't walk pain-free for six weeks. By the way, you could have just... You could have gotten out of it with that. You know what I mean? Yes, hey, that's. I totally hey, thought you got out of it. That's about what we're me. talking about. It's about the people of South Sudan who you need clean still, water. You could, still could have said, hey, man, I would have loved to do it. But uh, hey, donate anyway. I don't have to run now. <laughs> I'm terrified. Oh my gosh. I am we in the gym. Up your injury. I'm in the gym every day. I'm on two a days right now. I am trying Oof. to catch up for a, a month and a half of nothing. And I am. Yeah. I was already 25 pounds over what I needed to be. I mean, it was like, this is like, I'm going shock and awe style here. Ugh. I'm trying to do this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to do it. I have to run 20 miles of the 200 and I, I, I don't, I, I'm just drinking a lot of water. I mean, do you, have, do you have a guess for your time? Do you have any idea what you're going to like? Are you I'm trying running, to I mean, something? listen, Hey, I'll be transparent. I'm a, I am a non-runner. I've never run in my life. I played yeah. other sports, yeah. but I'm not a runner. I'm, it's boring. Like, I just don't like it. It's boring. What do yeah. you do for half an hour? What are you supposed to do? Listen to podcasts? That's stupid. All right. So, <laughs> brought to you by the relevant podcast currently in the air of thousands of joggers. There's no dumber population on this planet. The people who regularly listen to long form, they're suckers. They're suckers. Yeah. Suckers. They're suckers. Like, so we just bored. talk about breakfast for five minutes. Who, who is wasting the valuable fleeting moments of their life listening to this? That's what I'm saying. So I'm bored running. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm out of shape. So it's painful. It's like awful. I really, really hate it. And if y'all don't give me money for South Sudan, I'm going to be very angry. So I'm going to hit everybody up next week, starting next week. But that's hence all the water. I've had to like catch up. I lost six weeks of training. So I'm just trying to get really serious about it. And, And then like literally a week and a half, I've lost nine pounds. So here's, so here's the plan. Whoa, I'm going to go ahead and take care yeah. of hydration right now. I'm going to hydrate now so I don't have to worry about it as the run gets closer. I'm going <laughs> to allow right. my body <laughs> to retain water <laughs> so that in the weeks leading up, I can live a normal life. Are you eating normal. different too, Cameron? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, listen, I'm trying to... I you went, are so I went to, all or nothing, bud. I went you to are my just doctor, all or nothing. I went to my doctor a week ago last Friday, told, told him, I said, in five weeks, I have this race. I can't do it. I'm t- here's my training regimen. He did EKG, blood work, whatever. And he gave me like supplements to like be aggressive to like lose weight and Cameron's like get in shape. Steroids. So I had to yeah. do like, I had to like, you know, I'm medically were, supervised right now. Yeah. They, they were concerned after the results of the blood test with the Diet Coke thing. His <laughs> blood was carbonated. It was like when they put, when they put the needle in to draw blood, it like Cameron's skin really well. Yes. Like <laughs> Actually, uh, the one thing I came back clean bill of health, except I've always had really low blood pressure, and he came. uh, It was really high, and he and and he said, "Are you are you stressed?" 
<laughs> right now. And I'm like thinking, yeah. going through home renovation, lots of changes at Relevant, trying to train for this race, single dad. Yeah, I'm stressed. So yeah. uh, he's That's helping right. me get my blood pressure down. And I have to go back every week. He's monitoring me. I'm, I'm training so aggressively that I go back every Friday and he, he runs tests on See, me. See, there's two, there's two types. As anyone who's watched Rocky Four knows, there are two types of training. Uh, and Cameron somehow has, has mashed them two together. You can go pure science like Ivan Drago. You guys remember right. that, that montage right. where Ivan Drago is like hooked up to machine, like the most high tech machines the Soviet Union has to offer <laughs> to beat Rocky. You know, like he's got powered. like, he, Ivan Drago's like on a treadmill, like hooked up to all these wires where like six guys with clipboards are just constantly making notes on things. Then you have Rocky. You know, Rocky's training was he isolated himself in a cabin and just push around a wheelbarrow full of rocks for a month. And that's how he got ready for the super fight. Cameron has somehow combined both of these. Right, taking right. The, the primal intensity and singular focus of Rocky and, and plugged it in with the greatest sports science that the world has ever seen oh since the gosh. fall of the USSR. Oh it is a fantastic experiment that's Listen, happening right nailed now. It. I'm all or nothing in life. You're like, all this or nothing. Is it. I, and, but I couldn't do this for very long. It's a short attention. I don't have ADD, but it's like a short attention span thing. I'm going to do this all in, give it my best shot, For accomplish whatever I accomplish, yeah. and then I will never do it again. I will move yeah, on to the next thing. That's what I like about you. You're all or nothing, but it's high intensity all. It's every time. I it's try. all, all. That, that's, yeah. that's the seven. That's what the Enneagram I, seven. And Cameron going all yeah. in on something. For My wife's the same way. Yeah, that's Goes true. Goes on like that's three true. weeks. That is like me too, Cam. Three yeah, weeks becomes it masters. Masters the art. Right now it's boxing. Right. Because like, like oh. could go, could like go into the ring, like one punch, any, anybody, uh, anybody in this town. And then yeah. Yeah. week four, it's like, eh, that was, that was nice. It was boring. I'm bored now. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room right now. I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room right now. The, what we're all saying, we're not saying. Cameron, if, if it, you're like, let's say the stress fra- fracture flares up or your body has a, a, a bad reaction to all this natural liquid in the form of water. <laughs> like, no, no, you know, either of those could happen. Right. What are you going to do to cheat? Because at this point you're in no. and you can't give up. And are we thinking cool roller shoes? Is there a way that you can sneak off the trail? I, I, there's got to be there's got to be a way that just in case you're doing this for the South people of South Sudan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, if you you know, there's a there's an adage in pro sports. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> I think we need to coach you up on some. Yeah, New England Patriots. I think we need to coach you up on some cheating <laughs> if methods. If you ain't cheating, if, you ain't trying. <laughs> I've been so deceived. How do you feel about Heelys? <laughs> Heelys. Because from Heelys. what I understand, from what I understand, and we may have mentioned this before, it's from Mount Hood down to the coast. Yeah. So I'm not a, a you know, a, a geologist, <laughs> but in my mind, that's 100% downhill. <laughs> yeah, know? that's it. That's How that's can you... How can you leverage that for your advantage? You know, right. how close is this van following you? I, I don't know. Run? I've never done for. I don't know. I know that we'll, you know, I'll basically run for like an hour and then have like eight hours off, kind of a thing, and then or six mm-hmm. or something like that, and run for an hour. You know, <laughs> have you guys ever seen the those skates that go on your knees, your feet, and your hands? Yeah, and you get on yeah, all yeah, fours yeah, yeah. And you just yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you use your body Put as like on, a Cameron, bobsled yeah. down a hill, Cameron. How cool would that be? It's like you had, yeah. Like 
like a camelback. You're like, guys, it's really full of Gatorade. No one look in there. It's just Gatorade. Don't worry about it. I just got to stay hydrated. And you had those, and you are on all fours just blasting down Mount Hill yes. for like 45 minutes. That would be awesome. I mean, we started at 6,000 feet elevation. Uh, I have a feeling oh if, if my college rollerblading experience taught me anything, me, no, d- wheels, and hills don't go well. No, listen, you're Wait, on. You no, here's the thing. Yeah. Like it's a are you referring to, thing? Are you there, referring to yeah, one yeah, experience? Hold on, before, before you go into it, Cameron, let me remind you, the, the technology has evolved. You're on all fours. You're much more stable. <laughs> Yeah, Tyler and I come with the same question here. Cameron. Well, there's a, there's a hill. Too. There's a hill in downtown Tulsa. There's a riverfront park that people would, you know, run and bike and rollerblade down. And then it culminates or it ends down in downtown Tulsa. And right there, there's like this big hill. And so then you kind of like, I don't know, I got bold in, in college this one time. It's like, I'm going to rollerblade down that hill. That looks epic. And of course, wobble, 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 lost, lost control, fall backwards and scrape my back and thighs all the way down the hill on the okay. asphalt. Okay. It was, it was oh, time out. Cameron, imagine if you had wheels <laughs> attached to your ass <laughs> at that point. Then a spectacular <laughs> painful fall goes into a sweet speed roll, as what they call it. You <laughs> just fall backwards That's on awful, the yeah. I think you just need to, what you need to do is, Cameron, we have the time, <laughs> we have the time to make you a custom wheel suit. I'm talking custom, your whole body cover. So literally, it's like, it's, you're it's leisure like you're leisurely laying there. You leisurely lay down any way you want, and you're gonna roll. Exactly. However you want to get. I'm envisioning one of those leotards that the video game companies make you wear with the balls all yeah, over. Yeah, them, but instead balls, of balls, but wheels. Yeah. That's exactly it's, what it's I was wheels. Too. But we have they're to make wheels. sure that they're like the they're spinny wheels. wheels, like in the bottom of an office chair. So mm-hmm. no matter what angle, so go any direction. They're omnidirectional, they're omnidirectional wheels. wheels. Wow. You're covered. How do you know that word? Or like shopping cart wheels. <laughs> 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 I think we're going about this all wrong. Okay, I think one. I think. I think. Okay, I, I just was okay. Like, okay, we're, wait, we're working really hard I, on this. The other thing too <laughs> is here's the thing. I think we need to consult the rule book because if it's not explicitly <laughs> illegal, it says you cannot fabricate a wheel suit made of an old surfing wetsuit and, and broke down you know, wheels pairs from, of wheels from, from, from forty five shopping, shopping carts. Shopping cards, if yeah. it's not in the rules, Cameron, you show up to the event and just act like what you wear your guys' <laughs> wheel suits, like, and you just wear it confidently the whole time. And they're like, Cameron's like, all right, it's my turn. See you guys. And he just puts his hands behind his head, lays down, and just rolls like he basically. Cameron could take a nap during his turn and just let the wheels yeah. do the work. Oh, Cameron, listen, I'm such a, I'm such a fan of you. B, I want you to do whatever it takes to be healthy and fit in your medium shirts in a way that you feel happy about. But I am standing by that I do not like this race and I am still concerned about your health in that way. I'm, I'm just, just saying, you might want to have an ace up the sleeve in the form of the wheel, wheel suit. suit. That's all I'm saying as a backup. Oh, I as just, a backup. I, yeah, I'm scared of all of it. This could be this could be done a lot easier. Just like one giant, but like balloon boy it, like just a giant inflatable. Oh, sure. like it just pop out of your. It could be in your wrist. Pops out. There you go. And then you just go. <laughs> then you just roll down the hill. When they let Cameron out of the van. And instead of starting running, he takes a, a weird device out of his backpack and just starts blowing up a giant ball that he then gets into and rolls down the hill without consulting his team at all. Like he just rolls out of sight and like, well, I mean, no, that you can just run happened. in those. Yeah. So I'm technically running. I'm just running like a hamster wheel, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, what if you were running in a hamster meal? <laughs> That'd be so funny. Just pop out a hamster wheel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Why don't they have those? Why hasn't anyone invented? I mean, maybe they do, but why isn't there a hamster wheel for downhill? Hey, P.S. We're all in Chicago this weekend. Really? Oh yeah, that's right. Annie's going to be there. Are you there on? What are you doing in Chicago? I'm preaching at Willow Creek. I know. So maybe we can. Maybe we should eat a meal. Yeah. Saturday, we'll Saturday night, right. for a recommendation. Yeah, let's do awesome. it. Awesome! Congratulations! No, let's just let's just take it on the road, you guys. The relevant podcast microphones hey, going to Chicago. I'll find. I will find the breakfast place. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. If we show up at a Wawa, I give you guys GPS directions. We'll meet you at a Wawa. Yeah, don't tell me where I'm going. Just give me the address, and I'll get in the Uber. And then as soon as we get close to a Wawa, I'll go. Uh, drop me off here. I know this is what he meant. Are you uh, are you going to be staying at a bougie hotel? I don't know. No, I'm sure. I hope. I mean, I always love it. Do you always stay in bougie hotels? No, 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 no. It's usually always like we we try to stay in like just wherever people can put us up. Annie's a La La Quinta and Gold member. (laughs) (laughs) Stay at any any non-renovated La Quinta Inn. She can get a really good deal. The one thing thing I, I, when I travel, I, Annie, I, I try to cash in miles and splurge and and like the nicer, I try to, It'd be very, you know, mindful of how much I'm actually spending cash. But like, yes. you know, like if I can upgrade and stuff, I definitely do that. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Anyway. It's way fun. We, but there's also times where people will pick hotels for us because they will say, oh, my gosh, Annie is Annie loves fun things. Annie loves funny things. We'll put her in this hotel because it's hilarious or we'll put her in this hotel because it's different. And usually I'm like, this sounds Gee. awful, like a novelty hotel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. sleeping in like a medieval castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. People are like, oh, I see her on Insta Story. She's so fun. She'll love staying in this med- medieval castle that's very cold and doesn't use towels. If anyone, if anyone wants to invite me to an event for any reason, I will agree to go if I get to stay at your, your town's coolest novelty hotel. I would love that. I would love a good night in a novelty hotel. That's not true. You want, <laughs> when you're traveling, you need a restful night's sleep. You need comfort. You need yeah. to not be. Like, and I need to feel safe. That's a that's right. a thing because my assistant and I have separate hotel rooms and I need to feel like I'm not worried about what's happening to her. I'm not worried about what's happening to me. We can just sleep in a nice normal place. Um so yeah. But yeah, I mean if the place I want, has I want an element of adventure. I want to know that any moment the door could be kicked in. And oh, I don't know what's what Well, that store. did happen a couple of weeks ago where they gave someone my hotel room after I was already in here. And they and someone else. I'm like, I hear someone at the door. I wonder what's happening. And then the door just opens because they had given someone else a key that worked on my room. Wow. I was like, um, oh, man, I'm that could have gone wrong. Really fast. And the dude was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. They said in this 804 or whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, but I it, I'm here. <laughs> you need to go. So well, you uh, you and your assistant stay in separate rooms. We, that's different yeah. how the relevant crew travels. When we go anywhere, and Jesse and, and Tyler will attest, we cram about six deep in one room. We're sleeping on the floor. I've slept on the floor multiple Many times. times. Well, this is going to work great for me when you take me on a trip because I will get my own room. You guys will share with <laughs> well, me. Well, here's so. the thing. And most of the time, you know, we're, we're, it's a gray area with the hotel terms and conditions. So just to be able to save time, we smuggle one person in in a suitcase. They have to contort their body. Oh, that gets to be me? Okay. They get to contort their body and we wheel them to the lobby. You know? In a, in a, in a suitcase. But see, you know, one, one room of three of us at a really nice hotel 
or two cheap rooms that's inconvenient way out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, let's just, I don't know, cram in. And I sleep on the rollaway. So servant you know, leader. I know everybody here is sort servant of a, a hotel aficionado and, and I like a good hotel too. Does anybody else get the feeling sometimes that the bougier, like the cooler the hotel, like you walk in really cool hotel. They got like artisan coffee downstairs the, at the bar. They're making like drinks inside a monkey head or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And you're like, Oh, this is amazing. Like this is super cool. And then, but the, the bougier the hotel, the smaller the, the room, right. they just yeah. cram yeah. it in there. Like yeah. you're, you're a right. goldfish. Like, you, know you, right. it's, it's like, you know what I say? Because I look, man, I want an adventure at a hotel, and I say, I want to, I want to stay in your most haunted room, and I want to know every murder that took place on the premises. So let's get started. We have a great show in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to I don't know, you might have heard of him, Ethan Hawke. Ethan mm. Hawke is joining us. No big uh, deal. No big deal. Fam- yeah. Famous oh, actor. Uh, he's he, we did a feature with him in the current issue of Relevant, and uh, there's a lot more to the conversation, and we bring that for you today. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But moving the show along, it is time for our look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, this week, NFL star Odell Beckham Jr. was baptized in Israel in the Jordan River. The New York Giants wide receiver recently visited the Holy Land and shared several images of his trip on Instagram, including one of him getting baptized. And then in the post, he wrote, Fresh start. I'm forgiven. He also wrote, I couldn't have asked for anything more. God, I can't thank you enough for this one. My journey is just beginning. Last year, um, last year, Beckham's season was cut short after a severe leg injury forced him to have surgery. Off the field, uh, he also faced several legal issues and lawsuits. Um, he's denied any criminal allegations. But obviously, you know, he's had a tough year. <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in the post after he returned to the Giants training camp, he wrote, though I walk through the Valley of the Shadow Death, I will fear no evil. There you go. Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr., everybody. He's one of I us. love that story. Yeah. And I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Odell. He, I, I mean, I did, wasn't an This is a little inside baseball. Well, inside fantasy football. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I spent like my entire budget in my auction draft. Well, almost uh, on Odell Beckham. I'm a big fan of, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I was talking to someone on staff. I don't who's know not a football what any fan. of that means that you spent your entire what? My budget in my auction fantasy draft. So you get it's, a it's finite a amount of money, okay. just like a real team. When you're building a real team, you have a salary cap. Oh, yeah. okay. You get that amount yeah. of money. And then the different players, just like the real players, are worth more or less based on their performance. So the superstars take a ton of yeah. your budget. So, there's so two, if you spent all your money on him, you have to have other guys on the field. N- n- uh, figuratively. Like I didn't spend, I said I spent the most on one player. I spent like a third of my budget just on him. Go okay. big fan. Now I but, understand. Um, Sorry. Continue with your story. I, I was just someone on staff. I was like, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing this thing about Odell Beckham Jr. And she was like, I have no idea who that is. And she Googled him. She was like, okay, he does have really cool hair. He does. Have I, cool he's hair. arguably the most fashionable guy, not just in the NFL. He might be the most fat. He might beat NBA players. Odell. Wow. Uh, uh, Odell. Beckham that's a big statement for, for fashion. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge statement. He, I, I mean, I feel like that's a he is very hey, cool, but I feel like you're you're throwing you're throwing down a gauntlet that's very severe. Who, OK, let me ask you this. Who is more fashionable in, in in any sport, any current athlete than Odo Beckham Jr. right now? Well, I mean, there's a lot. I know you don't even acknowledge this as a sport. But there are a lot of Premier League soccer players that are super trendy. Yeah, they're all European and stylish. LeBron, I mean, yeah. LeBron never leaves the house without looking dressed for the ages. 
That that dude That's that true. dude looks sharp too, in yeah. every but single photo I've ever seen. Fast and forward NBA guys, James Harden would be Russell right Westbrook. there. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. Well, he he maybe crosses the line to tacky quite a bit, but yeah, you know, there's a well, lot of really stylish NBA guys. He's adventurous. It's different. Cameron, he's adventurous. Uh, Odell Beckham will wear a, 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 a short suit, like a, a suit with short right. pants, like you know, brand new, you know, Yeezys and like a Supreme backpack all at once. He's just combining them all. You know, he doesn't need a lane he he just jams them all i i think i i stand by it most fashionable Jesse, man in if sports. you if wow. i bought you and i don't if count I bought soccer, you a short suit would you wear it to the next christmas party if, if you bought me a short suit yeah oh absolutely i've thought oh, about converting dang. one of mine i thought about converting the suit just converting. cutting off the legs that's not how this works <laughs> i mean people wouldn't know if i convert if i went to a tailor with just like a like an h&m suit you know, it yeah. was like, hey, man, just cut it off of the knees. And, you know, he would probably laugh, but he'd probably do it. It'd be like no 10 one bucks. Would know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jesse, exactly. for the last five Christmas parties, has worn the exact same H&M blazer because mm-hmm. it's the it's only one he has. And he only it's wears sharp, it then. It's a sharp blazer, though. It's a good looking blazer. And why am I going to go buy? <laughs> I only wear blazers, an occasional wedding, an occasional wedding and uh, Christmas parties. And like when Christmas party season comes, I just bust it out and I don't care. And I, I literally don't care. But here's, you know, the first time I saw, I think it was Pharrell was the first time I saw the short suit. Like, you know. Yeah. He he's he's always been a little bit ahead of the curve, and I was thinking that's so brilliant because the the, the big thing about a suit it's always hot. You're always sweating in a suit. It's, it's super true. uncomfortable. For you got to wear the wedding, same summer wedding. You're outside. Yeah, because you you're like you doubling like down. You got long on. sleeves and a jacket on. We don't have to do that. And a jacket. Yeah. At so least your legs can breathe. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think the short suit is a fantastic innovation. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like short sleeve uh, blazers next? I mean, it's the same but concept. You, oh. Y'all have never like Why seen not? a real person in your life wearing a short suit, right? No, like, just just at like when I was a little yet. kid at the ESPYS. Oh <gasps> yeah, mom dressed us in that junk it, when, yeah, we were, when we were like, little. two. Yeah, yeah. I had a short suit. Oh, that's different. That's adorable. When that's you're a little kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I'm you look like, like a little sailor. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little sailor suit. It's adorable. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, at the ESPYS, no, you're thinking, you're thinking of like Angus Young from ACDC. He's been rocking short suits <laughs> for <laughs> like forty years. But, but, now. but at the ESPYS this year, like half the athletes were all dressed up in short suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about normal people in real lives, like. Tyler, you don't have like we aren't seeing friends at weddings in Nashville wearing short suits. Get get ready now. <laughs> Christmas party, relevant Christmas party this year, 2018. Watch me roll up in a sh- in a Let's suit with little shorts on. We're all gonna wear short suits. Me. All Watch every me. member of Mark the relevant down, podcast. Mark it down. Get the camera. Get the cameras out. Live stream it on YouTube. It's gonna be a big. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I have the same. I have the same. I, like in my head, every Nashville wedding, like when you're like, you know. Uh, Every no one at a Nashville wedding will wear a short suit because in my mind, every Nashville wedding, people dress like Mumford and Sons because they're all like every Nashville wedding. That's kind of true. Every Nashville wedding is like in a barn with Edison lights with people drinking out of mason jars and people and and the wedding party looks like they stepped out of a Mumford and Sons video. Is that not true? I've never been to a wedding in Nashville, but that's how I picture them. I've been to one wedding in Nashville and it was Mr. Tyler Huckabee's. Yeah. And that was not exactly not exactly the, the case <laughs> it was kind of the case it's true it's true and at the time at the time at the time i had not yet really embraced the short suit idea i admit in retrospect i kind of wish i had but uh but you know it, it's right? i think that a that was a good i think that the mumford and sons thing is true but i think it only takes one <laughs> yeah. disruptor 
like me that's to change right. the game. Because here's the thing. If I'm at a wedding and there's a guy in a short suit there, I'm like, I would do whatever it takes to sit at that guy's table at the reception. I because know you story. know he's having fun. You know he's cutting loose. The short suit guy is going to be the life of the party, you know? Hey, uh, in case you missed it, Facebook this week uh, faced criticism for banning a famous painting of Jesus. A Belgian tourist board has posted an open letter to the company after they say the site took down several images of famous paintings claiming they violated the site's policy that prohibits nudity. The paintings are from a new exhibit in the country featuring the art of 17th century artist Peter Paul Rubens, whose works show uh, biblical scenes and cherubs and do, at times, show semi-nude figures. One of his most famous pieces, which was taken down by Facebook, is called The Descent from the Cross and shows Jesus wearing loincloth being taken down from the cross after the crucifixion. In their letter to Facebook, they wrote, even though we secretly have to laugh about it, your cultural censorship is making life difficult for us. Facebook officials have offered to meet with members of the board to discuss the policy. So it's not like they... Sometimes they'll like block something and then you dispute it and they'll be like, oh, sorry, yeah. it just got caught in the algorithm. They're they're saying no to you know nudity and 17th century it needs art. To be a full yeah. thing. Huh. Yeah. I kind of feel I sometimes like Facebook is just taking L's these days. You Facebook's know? Like, mm-hmm. to win. Oh, they yeah, need, no, literally they, they took a, a historic yesterday. L last week when they you know lost yeah, 120 billion of value. They lost 20 percent of their value in a day. Yeah. You know, but I feel I almost have like empathy for Facebook content moderators, right? Because like every time you hear about it, it's not because they let something on the site that's awful. It's just because they're playing it too conservative. You know, like mm-hmm. they're like, well, it's better to be safe than sorry. I'm going to play. In this case, I don't think Rena- I don't think there's that many people that are scandalized by Renaissance right. art. But, uh, you know, at the same time, they are trying, I, you know, you can kind of picture the case that they're making to themselves in their mind. Well, you know, it's a picture of Jesus almost nude. Maybe some people will be offended by that. I get that. But it just seems like one thing after another for Facebook. It's, it, it, they are not doing I mean, themselves listen, any I mean, favors. little inside baseball. No. I mean, 16 we, we, you know, Facebook for a couple of years has really been bad to content publishers. I mean, a big part of our growth yeah. over 2013, 14, 15 was our readers posting or sharing an article to, on their wall and then their friends coming and reading it. And like yeah. that, that was a big part of our growth. And then they cut the legs out from under publishers and they've been just like tinkering with all these like algorithms and things and and people can't use the site they want it and and frankly I can't remember the last time I was on Facebook and I didn't realize that until I was at church on Sunday and during announcements uh, the guy goes you know uh, and stay connected with us you know uh, the easiest way to stay connected with the church through the week is social media here's and then on the screen he goes here's our Twitter Instagram and Facebook he goes I don't know if anybody's on Facebook anymore like and when he said that I realized like I haven't been on Facebook in months like I like, what? I don't know if anybody's using it. And then all of a sudden the news hits that they're 120 billion down in value. And I think it's because people just got sick of, you know, all the f- fake news and the people, your crazy uncle sharing stupid stuff. And like, you know, it's just like, I don't want to go on there anymore. And so like yeah. people have right. just shifted over to Instagram and maybe some Twitter, but I mean, people are just yeah. kind of veering away and like the bottom will fall out on that company if they lose you know, people talk a lot like Twitter's dying too, but I actually really love Twitter. I think it's the my favorite way to communicate with people I don't know in real life. I, like I read my Twitter all friends. day, every day. I, I rarely yeah. post, but I'm on it all the time. 
So, yeah, yeah, I love it. And, and you know, yeah. you, if Twitter, some people are like, oh, people are yelling, they're angry, or whatever. Well, change who you follow. You yeah, know, like exactly. change your yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah. That's, you're the boss of who yeah, you listen to. I'm on the block yeah. button like nobody's bit. I just ride that block button all day, and it and my feed's, <laughs> and my feed's great. I, I enjoy the people that I that I follow. There's a they need to get and their, your feed is great. Need, I love reading oh, your stuff. You. I haven't I've only blocked you and unblocked the you. The funny like thing about Tyler <laughs> Tyler Huckabee's Twitter persona is it's half angry about politics and half really joking around and having fun about comic books. And like the, like the two, like these two very divergent things that people like don't want both from Tyler, but he's like doubling down on all of it. Like they want one or the other. Yeah. You know? I keep you on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you like, never know what you're going to get. And then Tyler himself is like, it's not like that's all he talks about. Like we've never talked politics in real life. So it's like, it's just funny. Like the, the, what Twitter brings out mm-hmm. in people, like what right. side of their personality, you know, comes out. Interesting. We talked about this a little bit when I was um, when I joined you f- for your podcast, Dan. Is just how hard like the demand of Twitter to come up with a brand and stick to it. And just yeah. at some point, I was like, eh, I don't want to do a have a brand anymore. What if, what if instead we were just humans? What if instead yeah. of being brands, we were just humans? Well, th- that's why, like, I have like I'm I'm on Instagram all the time too, but I never. But post. you're so what? secretive; we can't even find you. I always have to because tag you. I, yeah, because I'm weird. like I don't know. I what I guess for when it comes to me personally, you know, like I'm not, like the, and most of the stuff that I really like on Twitter is brands. Like I like content that's like native to Twitter. You know, like especially yeah. or, or Instagram, like. Like there's a lot of sports Instagrams that I'll I'll I could I could spend an hour going through like House of Highlights like I love it you know mm-hmm. but like for mm-hmm. me it's like it's the same thing with with Twitter it's like I don't really have like any kind of like Instagram like personal brand like I brand. you know I could sh- yeah. share pictures of my kids with my family but I don't know I just I don't know personally it's a weird space you know. I feel like if social media is at a place where everyone is trying to figure it out right now. Like it's been through the boom, right? Where everybody's tried everything. And, and but, but I feel like everybody's kind of in the same space and the, all the platforms are in the same space. It's like, what do users actually want from us? So the reason that's such a hard question to answer is because a lot of users right. don't even know. Like a lot of users like don't even know what they want from their experience on a personal level or on a content consumption mm-hmm. level. You know, it's all dictated by algorithms, but so annoying, to, to a yeah. degree, an algorithm is the tail wagging yeah. the dog, right? It, it, it's it's people's uh, behavior change because of a minor change right. to the right. interface or something. And all of a sudden, that all moves in that direction. And it, it's really going to be interesting to see where it all goes and who's going to be the next one to sort of crack the nut in terms of what do people even want from this type yeah. of media anymore? You Jesse, know? what is it going to take to bring you out of the shadows on Instagram? Because I think it would be, I think you'd be so fun. I think to, you I mean, should do like a weird humor. Yeah, like a meme thing. account. That's a meme account. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I think, and I've said this before, and this sounds like a cop out, but I feel like so much of the rest of my time is, is, is spent doing content, you know, like doing yeah, stuff for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the podcast or for the magazine or for the website that when I'm not doing it like uh, for work that I don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does yeah, that make sense? Like, that sounds yeah. lame. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds lame. But it's like... No, 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 no. I think that makes it, sense. It's like the old joke about the house painter. You know? The house painter's house always needs to be painted. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, at some yeah. point, you're like, oh, I just got to turn that part yeah. of my mind off. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's good. Okay, well, I'm going to keep pressuring you only because I'm tired of tagging you at Jesse Needs Insta because every time people go, Jesse has Insta. Jesse, Jesse has Insta. Our, I mean, Annie, I found his actual account. Like... 
I, I, yeah. I know, but I didn't write it down because I'm not that creepy. You. And I figured if he wanted us to tag him at one point, he'd say, Hey, Annie, I see that you don't ever tag me. You can tag me. And here's my name, Jesse Carey. I'm a ghost. I am a ghost. I'm, 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 I'm silently lurking on everyone's. Just, yeah, that's right. I am the ninja I, in the I shadows. I nagging Jesse yeah. about posting personal stuff because of what he just said is very true. Like, you have to recharge the battery you know and like the last thing when he's alone with his family or doing personal time i i'm glad he's not thinking about you know creating content even personal content i asked i asked whenever i get a chance to talk to like leaders and stuff i like to ask them stuff like how do you recharge or how do you handle criticism how do you handle stress like i just want to learn from like these older leaders and um one time one of them told me that he, he leaves a huge ministry and, and he said, at night I go home and I garden every night. And yeah. he said, yeah, he said, people yeah. who have to make decisions during the day or use their brains for their work need to refuel their batteries by working with their hands. And people who work with their hands all day need to refuel their batteries by intellectual stimulation and reading and learning. Yeah. And so he's like, you do That's the opposite. Right. And he's like, when I, when I tend to my garden, I'm creating, I'm caring, I'm, 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 I'm doing something that's uh, constructive, but I don't have to think about it. I'm like, my mind can rest. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I love that. And I find myself, I'm doing the same thing. Like when I come home and I, that hints my Bravo, I just shut off like that brain, that part of my brain and I like refuel yeah. other ways. And so Jesse, I officially yeah. say to you, it's okay that you don't post on Instagram. I receive. I receive. I officially and, say to you, I don't and agree. By, uh, I don't side agree. Note, my house needs to be painted. So if anyone has a good, <laughs> so if anybody, if anybody making big decisions, hey, that's a, that's really interesting, Cameron. And I don't think we've ever done this before. But if I cry right here, you can edit it no, out, Chandler. But uh, I'm real fatigued on decision making right now. That feels like hmm. the thing that's that's made me so yeah. tired lately, and. And I am looking for that thing to do yeah. after work that because working out yeah. and cutting it because right. I think the whole time I can't find a way to stop making decisions in my head. And it, and it, it I mean, clearly I am massively exhausted with it. And so maybe I should start a garden. I don't know. Listen, yeah. the, the, I'll tell you complete truth. I, the same thing when I'm at home and if I'm on a, uh, a phone call or something. I'm walking around outside pulling weeds while I'm on the phone. Like I need, yeah. like, and then like, I'll just find myself on the weekends. I need to care for or create or improve things, but I don't want to, I don't want to make decisions. The thing that has been the lifeblood for me over the years, and this is silly. I do Lego sets. Like Lego sets, yeah. I can sit there and I'm creating something, but I'm following instructions and I don't have to decide anything. Cause like, you know, the Lego yeah. movie, the dad was very much by the instructions and the kid was very much free form. And I totally was on the side of the dad. Like I'm like that. No, the point of Legos is you don't have to think about how to build it, you know, but you're still creating something and it's still, you know, enjoyable for me. But Legos, Legos was my thing that like I have, I buy Lego sets. Like I, my, my kid, oh yeah, yay, we got Lego. I need yeah. to find something like that. I, that I need that's what I need is something that entertains my brain and lets my brain rest. It gives yeah. me something to do because I don't have yeah. anything right now and it is it's exhausting. It is it's exhausting wearing me down. Hobby. The other thing I do that's embarrassing and all my friends make fun of me is I play an inordinate amount of Candy Crush. Like yeah. all the time. I mean I'm on like level yeah. five thousand yeah. and two hundred I mean like it's it's bad, oh. but it literally when you launch wow. the screen, the tagline for the game now is swipe the stress away. Like, because literally you're sitting yeah. there and you're, 
you're not having to think about it, but you are having to think about it. It's like it's like a yeah. it's like a soft problem solving thing. But there's I don't know, like it's just relaxing to me to play Candy Crush, and it lets my br- my brain pause. You know. Anyway, yeah, I was doing that too. I played a lot on planes, and I kind of told myself like, you can't escape into this anymore. So maybe I can. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to give yourself a break. Yeah, I put you know? boundaries on. Like when I get on a plane, I used to watch TV and all that. And I don't anymore. I literally will just put on music and play Candy Crush for the whole flight, and it really, really relaxes me. It's just bizarre. Like I, I don't know. Anyway, little things like that, but we all have that. If you're leading, you need to yeah. find a place to recharge, and if you don't, you're going to burn out. You know and that's what Sabbath, yeah. I mean, listen, since my divorce five years ago, I mean, this has been like life altering margin stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't work after six. I, or I won't, if you email me at my work address after six, you will not get a reply. I just like, I have to put boundaries on that on the weekends at dinner. I won't have my phone out with my kid. Like I just like, I have to create space that I'm not plugged in. I'm not thinking about work or else you're going to burn out. And like Sabbath is real. Like I have to like, just have a day of complete rest every week or else I will be at my worst on Monday, you know? And it's like, I, I just think we have to all be mindful of that as leaders or, or, or not leaders, just in life. Like, I just think we just go, go, go. We're plugged in, plugged in, plugged in and everything's in, like, you never shut off and then we flame out. And I think especially with church leaders and stuff, that's an epidemic, you know? And I just, I don't know. I learned the hard way. And it fosters, I think it fosters a, a healthier online life when you have a healthy yeah, offline life. Okay. The more you can do for yourself when you're not online, the uh, a robust, uh, intellectually stimulating, emotionally rewarding quality time when you're not at work and when you're not on the internet helps you when you are at work and when you are on the internet, you get better at it. You're, you have more, you have more fuel and you just uh, have are sharper and, and more fulfilled. So it feels like less of a, of a drain on your own natural uh, natural resources, which has been helpful for me to try to practice mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, it goodness fosters more goodness. The, the, for me, the in the last three to four months, a really transformative thing that I, I I don't know how I got off track in this, but I've been really kind of recommitted to is every day, like spending time in the word and in prayer. And when I'm in the car, listening to worship, it just changes my countenance. It changes the atmosphere. And like starting the day, coming into the office, listening to worship is a little different than when I listen to hip hop station, you know, it's just the reality of it. And it's just common sense, but it's like, I need to like be feeding my spirit and in the seasons where I wasn't feeding my spirit, man, I was just like, it's like, you kind of like start to try to do things in your own strength and you're not relying on the Lord. Your, your mindset isn't on him and his plan and his grace and his, it's just like, it's just different. And then all of a sudden it's, you're self-reliant and then you're working more and it's more it's stressful. And, you know, it's just like, I got to breathe, man. And like, God's got this, yeah. you know, and just trust. And it's just kind of like, I have to, I have to be intentional about that. Um, or else I'll just kind of revert toward, I got this, you know, and, and I'm not at my best then. Annie, I'll be praying for you. Seriously. Yeah. Like that's big. I mean, we don't yeah. want you to burn out. So we, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I was, ironically, the, the the sermon I heard this Sunday was about rest. And the, the pastor said he had this revelation because he's having like a guilt trip about not getting enough done and all these people needed his attention. It was legit, legitimate stuff that was, you know, building the kingdom. Everything was great. And someone told him, was like, hey, I think right now the most godly thing you can do, the most obedient thing you could do is rest and not do anything. Because, because we get in this mindset, like you were saying, Cameron, 
when when you th- with that mindset of like I got this, I can power through. I'm I'm good at what I do. I can. We're. I mean, not to sound overly cliched or preachy, but like that's when we start relying on our right. own strength, you know. And that's when things start coming off the rails because we think we got it. When and the reality is that's going to fail. You know, we have to be reliant on a higher power than just what we can do, or it, it, it's going to have a very low ceiling. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough line. You want to dream big dreams and you want to go change the world and then you aren't. And then there's a thousand decisions you have to make yeah. to get there. And yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know what? God knows, you know, he knows your heart. He knows. Yeah. He's, I believe everybody, he has a plan and path and purpose for everybody's life and his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we just know in part, we see in part. And I just, you know, got to intentionally remind myself to hold things with an open hand. You know, like the, the when I start to hold tight to my son or, 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 you know, my business or whatever, it's just like, it doesn't go well. And so, you know what, I just got to trust the Lord with mm-hmm. these things and care for myself and make sure that my spirit is in health yeah Yeah, health you know like honestly i I mean even physical health and like making sure that like we have a balanced life like physical stress is a real thing i mean so i mean my personality i try to like look the other way about stress and the toll it takes on me but you know i thankfully i have friends in my life who are like dude you need to sleep more like you're not nice right now (laughs) you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. or have you had lunch you know that kind of yeah and like I, i we have to be mindful to take care of our physical bodies because the to physically like de-stress as it It really helped the mental like i went through a a, like a phase where i would i mean this is like just like a day-to-day thing but like where i like would stop like like you know taking lunch like i would just eat while i'm working like oh i'll just get more done and it's like i'm way more productive if i chill out for a second and enjoy a sandwich and you're like whoa i feel like recharge it's like there are little things you can do that you you see the immediate effect of like wow actually a lot giving yourself a little margin you know actually is not just beneficial from a mental health standpoint, but from, you know, if you're someone that's concerned about productivity, it's actually like, Oh, that actually made me better. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm trying to figure out the health balance thing with managing stress and life and all that. And, you know, figuring the importance of rest and diet and all that and, and letting it like, it it eases your mind. It eases your emotions and, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, Hey, like you said, I go all in and then like you kind of sometimes hit a wall and you go like, huh, I need to reassess some of this stuff, you know, and like maybe I can find margin and balance and all this. I don't know. It's not my uh, natural gifting, you know. But Andy, you, you've mentioned, uh, I think a few times on here, you've talked about uh, working out. Does that does that help you find that like physical, like working out physically is like a big plus for the rest of your life? Which sounds like, so sound like yeah, such for a sure. facile that, question, I know, but I think it's it's such an easy one to forget too. Yeah. It's like working out is the first thing that goes yeah. when you have the first when your thing schedule goes. gets hectic, right. and it, it takes a toll. Yeah. For me, yeah. it takes a toll. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think so too. And and like especially like going to Radnor or being outside, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. helps a lot. I just have to have in the current place I'm in. I just have to have something in my ears that helps me not worry about the decisions I have to make. Like, like instead of what I can do while I'm walking or running or at the gym or in Zumba or whatever is I can, my brain can still be processing all the things I was doing Mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. You know? And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think that is, I think when that's the first thing to go, when you haven't worked out in a week or two weeks, you need to ask yourself some real questions about what are you filling your time with that, that, 
that movement is what has yeah. been cut because that's when you that's put in the Rocky theme and you start pushing around a wheelbarrow full of rocks <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> that's when you put on your wheel suit and you just, you just get out there and roll around for a little bit. Insanely <laughs> dangerous speeds. Bubble boy. It's called exercise. <laughs> Morons, look it up. Just Cameron going literally screaming Morons. down the hole. Is that a guy in a wheel suit that's coming at us at, at 70 miles? Yeah, he's super stressed, you guys. Let him go. Let him go. Dude, I don't think he's okay. I think he's actually out of control right now. There's no brakes. Somebody go some <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. He's in trouble. That so guy's in trouble. Why am I doing this? Hey, in case you missed it, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> we were going to put brakes in real soon. In case you missed it this week, Jim Gaffigan told Jimmy Kimmel that his family is, quote, the beneficiary of miracles after his wife's brain tumor surgery. Uh, the comedian was recently a guest on the late night show to talk about his new comedy album, Noble Ape, but opened up about his wife, uh, Jeannie's brain tumor. Um, she's also Jim's writing partner and, uh, she was the co-showrunner of the Gaffigan show. Um, she writes a ton of his material. Um, she recently underwent a nine yeah. hour surgery to have a massive brain tumor reviewed. Um, oh, wow. Jim revealed oh, that at one point the situation was so serious that he thought he might lose his wife. Um, while also of course, mm. um, making really dark jokes about the situation. Here's, here's a clip. I, I'm sorry I didn't mention no, this, right. but how is your wife doing? She's doing great. Wouldn't what? it be ironic if I was like, she died? Yeah, well, it would be worse than ironic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to take the noble right off. It'd just be Jim Gavigan ape. Yeah, right. No, yeah. she's doing, uh, she's doing amazing. And by the way, I, I don't want to take it for granted because it, you know, we are the beneficiary of miracles. It's truly a miracle. The doctors that, that she deal with? And, I mean, she yeah. had a tumor the size of a pear removed from her head. You know what I mean? It's insane. And the medical science, you know, really saved her life. So I'm very grateful for it. But back, uh, and these are the, this is the family right here, right? It's incredible. And making a completely inappropriate dark yeah. jokes about tragic things is my love language. So <laughs> he seems like such a good dude. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan seems like it for all the as much as he sort of parodies himself as this overweight loser in his stand-up. He just seems like a stand-up guy. I remember yeah, the conversation we had with him a few years ago when he was on yeah. the cover of Relevant, yeah. and just just a really quality quality human being that doesn't always come through in his comedy as much as it it could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, in case you missed it, Netflix is going to create more family-friendly and faith-based shows, they said this week. Oh, good. Uh, when I, I, I was going to say, I have some soap opera <laughs> pitches. If Pure, <laughs> Flix is, Pure Flix is stonewalling me, guys. They, they the are stonewalling. I just think about it yeah. all the time, Jesse. When asked about faith and family-focused <laughs> audiences at the 2018 Television Critics Association Summer Press Tour, Netflix's vice president of original series, Cindy Holland, said it's a very important audience to us. She said it represents a significant percentage of the population, not only here in the U.S., but around the world. She even hinted at her own faith background, saying that she grew up in a place that was very much steeped in those traditions. Code words. Uh, she added, I want to make some great programming for my cousins and their families, too. So it's something that we are focused on really building out a uh, robust slate of family-friendly program programming. Uh, Netflix is set to release 700 new original shows this year alone. It's wow. unbelievable. It's unreal. It is unbelievable. 
There are so many shows that like they've released and I just like forgot existed. Like, you know, they did the one they did the new um, Mr. Show, like with Bob. And I was thinking about the other day. I was like, I maybe watched that for 10 minutes out of like a six season episode. It was painful. There's just like random shows that are on Netflix that I feel like that's the one thing. It's like hard to discover sometimes. I just get in the rut where I'm watching the same four or five things all the yeah, time. Yeah, I completely that. agree with you. People mm-hmm. find great new shows all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what I did to my algorithm, but all I see is The Office <laughs> and architecture shows. So, I yeah. don't, I, I, so I've watched maybe one cooking show on there and I have like six baking shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I love too? It, this is like the dreamer in me, but I love that so many people who want to be actors and actresses get a chance to be in a real show because Netflix is doing 700 shows. That's true. You know, I think that's really cool. I mean, whether they suck and we watch them or not, that somebody's dreams are still coming true because Netflix is creating 700 new shows. I, I read some, it, it was some, it wasn't like an expose, it was, but it was some like investigative piece about the uh, Netflix creative um, process. And they were they were in like a room, you know, this journalist got to follow around like executives as they made decisions about what shows were going to be canceled and which ones were going to be watched. And all of them had like pieces of paper, like numbers, which are very tightly held, which they don't release. But they were just like casual, so casually talking about it. It's like, uh, should we bring this one back? What do you guys think? And people were like, yeah, I guess maybe we'll do eight episodes. And they're just kind of off the cuff. Wow. They were like, they're, they're willing to spend so much money right now on, on content that they, they're just basically green lighting almost everything. There's very few Netflix shows that get like straight up canceled after the first but they're, season. They're spending billions of dollars. And, and the funny thing to me is like, I like eventually, I don't know what the end game is here or like what the, the stable version of this is. Cause Netflix has never turned a profit. I mean, they, they, they yeah. still, so mm-hmm. they're spending all this money to attract this mass audience to then one day, I guess the business model flips to profitable, but like there's got to be a pulling back at some point. Like they're throwing all the noodles on the wall right now to see which ones work. Mm. And then like, it'll, they'll call it down, down the road. I have to assume because it's like, yeah. they can't keep spending like this. I mean, it's just too, it's almost like diluting the quality. I mean, like yeah. why we don't need 700 shows that are mediocre. Give yeah. us 50 that are fantastic, you know? Because, know. because right. a lot of the movies on there are just, there's like, it's like, I'm, I'm, if you want to watch Sandler like a movies. movie, it's hard to find like a decent one on Netflix sometimes. They're like just random, like B movies, like so much of it's just right. random B movies. The, the thing, the thing that's going to be, um, you know, that I feel like they're preparing for, especially now that this, you know, Fox acquisition has happened is now that Disney owns IP for all the Disney catalog, for all the Marvel catalog, for now all the Star Fox, Wars, ABC, yeah, Star Wars. Fox, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. ABC, a, a bunch of the network stuff. And now all of 20th Century Fox, which was sold for like $83 billion, they're going to release their own premium service. They're going to allow their licensing deals with Netflix to expire. And for all the really good stuff, they're going to have their own. And that's when Netflix is really going to see what it's made of. Honestly, the Disney Disney Fox streaming service and then HBO is going to be like real quality stuff. And then Netflix is just going to be left with a whole ton of original stuff that's like B or C level. You know, the so thing, it's like I, the, yeah. the analogy. The analogy is like, remember when you used to go to? Sorry, oh, Mark God. Jackson, our crack fact checker, just showed me <laughs> Netflix's Netflix's content budget for 2018, one year, 13 billion dollars. 
Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? That is wild. I just would like 1% of that just for me. So I could go on vacation (laughs) and not make decisions. But but I mean, there's shows like. It's a billion. Yeah. There's like shows like The Get Out, um, uh, not The Get Out, The Get Up, the hip hop show by. um, uh, Yeah, Jaden Smith is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Smith and, it. and it's like each episode you're watching it, you're like, this had to cost millions and millions yeah. of dollars. It's like a movie, it's feature quality. Yeah. It's uh you know, big musical numbers with licensed music. And it's like But it doesn't who, like who's you, watched it all. But if you know that right. if HBO Seriously. made that series, it would have been so much better. You yeah, know, exactly. like it just like it just right. wasn't quite at the they were going after the HBO, you know, quality and they just didn't quite get it. I don't know. Well, N- Netflix famously doesn't give notes like, you know, these other networks, you know, to show runners and producers, they'll get the pilot. And for every episode, they get notes and say, well, it, may- it would probably work better, probably resonate more if you did this or shorten it or whatever. Netflix doesn't do that. They just let the creators make whatever they want. And that's why that that other season Arrested Development was so bad that Mitch Hurwitz eventually recut it because his vision was totally unbridled and you realize why there's creative checks and balances yeah, for some of those right. Every musician needs a producer. Every writer needs an editor. Fresh Amen eyes make art that. better. Mm-hmm. Make our better. I mean, first drafts of anything is not going to be the best version of it. That's right. Oh, I say that yeah. all the time. I wish people, when they bought one of my books, they actually got to see the first draft as well because people think what we write that they read is what we actually wrote first. And they are a lot of times pretty significantly different from first draft, first time out of the computer and what ends up on bookshelves. They're pretty different. I've so editors, I wish people saw that. Editors have saved my career from some of the dumbest, some Legit. of the dumbest things out there. And, and I like Same. to think that I've saved some writers' careers myself with some editing. Where it, it takes, you have killed some writers' need, careers with your editing. Oh, tower, I, sometimes, so. I, sometimes I just let it through. I'm like, you know what? You, you get what's coming. Dude. If it's good enough you for Netflix, right. it's good enough for Tyler Huckabee. You know, and just let it go. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Lastly, in case you missed it, a video showed this week. A video went around uh, showing how Seth Rogen's laugh could make friends. Way funnier. Uh, oh, comedian Rory Strahan Mock took a clip from the classic sitcom, replaced the laugh track, and vastly improved it. Here's a clip. Candlelit dinners, moonlight walks on the beach. It was so romantic. So where's Mike? Oh, he's at the doctor. He didn't poop the whole time we were there. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't supposed to tell you that. I mean, okay, isn't that a gig? A gig we are definitely not going to. (laughs) Oh, why? What's up? Well, I have an audition for this play, and for some of it, I have to speak French. Which, according to my resume, I'm fluent in. Yeah, you really should. That's brilliant. By the way, how was that year-long dig in Cairo? Oh, that's really funny. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's like uh, it's like having a, your very own Chandler. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> right. Funny. It is so funny, funny how much the laugh track. I listened to this really interesting podcast the other day about the guy who vented what they call the laugh box, which is uh, you know the the original laugh track. It was before like digital technology where you could just pipe. He would literally he had this machine and he recorded thousands of laughs and blended them together. And he had each of the keys labeled in a way that only he knew how. And he would actually 
watch the show, like an old episode of like the Brady Bunch or something. And he would sit in a sound room and they said that he would play the laugh box like a keyboard. Like he would no. be like, oh, that's surprise, compassion and shock. And he would like hit those laughs at the same time. They're like the guy who originally did it. It was not thoughtless at all. Like he was a master of blending. It laughs radically the right changes jokes. the show. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, oh, it's like the Big Bang. You know, we've seen we've heard the clips of like the Big Bang yeah. Theory without the laugh track. And it is painful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's painful. Really it's painful. Really Friends terrible. clip. Even that Friends yeah. clip. It's the only yeah. thing I was laughing at was the Seth Rogen. Right. He's yeah. husky, right. you know, <laughs> right. you know, like the actual jokes themselves. I'm like. These aren't really jokes, man. These are just, you know, I mean, they're kind of witty, but I certainly not. I wouldn't guffaw at them <laughs> like you hear the studio audience doing. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Ethan Hawke joins us. You're listening to Lainey. The song is Through These Tears. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Santa Gold with her new single, Run the Road. In the new movie, First Reformed, Ethan Hawke plays the pastor of a small town church who experiences a crisis of faith while dealing with an intense situation with a congregant, as well as grappling with dwindling attendance following the arrival of a nearby megachurch. Thanks a lot, Craig Rochelle. The movie has been <laughs> Oh my gosh. The movie's been met with widespread critical acclaim and holds a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. We recently spoke with Ethan about the film and how his own faith journey informed the performance. Here is our conversation with Ethan Hawke. What what kind of uh, sort of like background with faith or spirituality uh, were you bringing into this part and First Reformed in general? I was raised a Christian. You know, I was baptized in Episcopalian, confirmed in Episcopalian. My stepfather was Catholic. And, um, my father has been either Episcopal or Church of Christ his whole life. And um, so I've been raised in and around a dialogue about faith Um my entire adult life, I mean, anytime I can remember, I've, I've had a lot of very sincere people in my life who were seeking, and um, I've always been trying to figure out how to integrate that aspect of my life into my creative life and to balance them, you know, access to that routine and a culture of people caring about ethics and equality um, in uh, in a really safe environment to learn is, is a wonderful way to grow up you know uh, my mother and stepfather taught the you know youth group on Sunday and you know, it's just a huge part of my life um, I don't know what it's like to grow up without it but um I know it had a big impact on the way I I see the world. I actually think it gave me a great framework to survive the pitfalls of early celebrity. 
you know, it, 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 teaches, it teaches a fundamental humility. And one of the problems with kind of making it in the movies or making it in the arts anyway is they fan the flames of your ego in such a way that it's really easy for young people to lose a sense of context and, and to have a sense of humility to keep learning and to keep growing. You know, that's one of the fundamental problems. But one of the great things about going to church is you see yourself as a member of a, of a community. And you also see that things like faith is a supple and moving thing because you see lots of adults with different points of view. You know, um, you have a one priest that feels a certain way and a different, uh, different than the way your mother feels, which is different than the way your father feels. And, um, I think I, I grew up with a lot of different, uh, from a lot of people with very supple minds. Um, and it made talking and thinking about why we're born and why we have to die and what we're here to do uh, a more exciting conversation. A lot of people turn off when you talk about religion or God because they think they're about to be preached to, you know, or dictated to, or told they're wrong, or right. told they're lost, or... Um, and they turn off. And my family never really did that. When it's part of your job to play stuff like like this this priest who's wrestling with all this stuff, how much does the character just kind of, can you leave it behind? Or how much do you kind of take with you, take away those kind of ideas or not personalities, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, like how much of those roles it's do you... It's kind of like, you know, back in... I get, you know, people often wonder that about an actor's life. And, you know, the answer I can have that makes the most sense is it's a lot like a guided meditation. You know, like if if, if you were to spend all afternoon reading the bell jar and really getting inside Sylvia Plath's head and really getting inside the voice of someone who's contemplating taking their own life, right? If you were to do that every day for a month, you know, it, it does get inside of you. You're, if you spend every day reading love poems and, you know, it gets inside of you. Uh, it, it's, you know, when you play Macbeth, it's an incantation about the evil inside power, the evil that lurks inside man's greediness for power, right? Yeah. And it, if you do it every day and, and you recite those lines, um, it's kind of like being a witch doctor or something, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this incantation. It's impossible for it not to affect your psyche. You know, I, I've, as I've gotten older, the better you do it, the, the more you let it inside of you. And the trick is I've gotten older is to try to let it inside and then let it out, you know, yeah. to really, uh, let these things kind of bounce off you. Um, and, you know, you see Springsteen performs or something like that. You see him in concert and you scream in Jungle Land. You can tell he's just feeling that song. Yeah. But if he if he doesn't let those feelings go, um, you know, then he's not going to live very long. You know, right. <laughs> it's just it just takes a toll on your body. You've got to let it pass through you, and it's part of the you know the joy of playing lots of different parts uh, because. One of the things I did after this movie was, uh, I, after first performance, I did a comedy. 
And it was such a nice summer. I did this movie called Juliet Naked, where it's just a romantic comedy. I play a rock star. It was just such a lovely way to spend the summer. It's play a nice person who's falling in love and <laughs> trying to be a good dad. And, you know, it's just really nice and easy when, you know, when you're playing a, a priest in a full-blown existential crisis is looking into the void of despair, you know, uh, it, it, it presents challenges to your day for sure. That was Ethan Hawke. Make sure to check out the feature we did with him. Uh, there's a lot more to it in the current issue of Relevance. Available now. Go check it out. You're listening to Maya B. The song is Selena's. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week on the show, Jesse and Annie got into a loafing debate. Yeah, I just can't. Uh, she is a fan of the universally loaf. disgusting. I've mixed it with some other things and put it in the oven and made a loaf out of this conversation. <laughs> she is a fan of the loaf form of cuisine. Jesse is not a fan of the loaf form of cuisine. Uh, for the question of the week last week, we asked you, what ingredients do you want to see Annie try to loaf? You guys hit us up on rele- uh, on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few. I mean, like we said, she's going to pick one. She's going to make a loaf I'm out of one. it. I'm going to pick one. Yeah, we're going right. to do it. Here we I go. think one of my favorites, I'm not sure we're going to do this one, but one of my favorites was Kristen Schroeder on Twitter said that we should loaf Tostino pizza rolls. But oh. what would be the binder? What would y'all use, use as the binder? Jeez. Spaghetti sauce? More cheese. More cheese. Oh, oh like cheese. Parmesan? Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. Or, uh, or no, 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 mozzarella. Like cheese, mozzarella. Right? Yeah, just a bunch of cheese. Cheese yeah, just, whiz. No, it's got to <laughs> be in the same. No, 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 here's the thing. you're bad at You can't no, 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 no. It, 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 to, to, to keep the spirit of it, it has no. to be the same quality of food. It's not fair. I can spice up anything with expensive Parmesan right, cheese. Right, right, right. Okay? Oh my gosh, but if you're the type of Parmesan. Hang on. If you're the type of person eating Tostino's rolls, and okay, uh, real talk. Cheese sticks. If you wow. have an abundance Judging. of Tostino's pizza rolls, you're also the type of person that has cheese whiz available. The binder is cheese Quiz. My logic is false. <laughs> no, that's so that is so cruel to all the people who happen to have some Tostino rolls in there. I mean, I think we could do cheese whiz. I'm not. I'm not throwing shade. I'm not throwing. Those are my people, Annie. I'm just I saying think, you probably have cheese whiz. I think. I think there's got to be. Some, yeah. Okay. Well, cheese whiz. I mean, we're gonna pack those Tostino pizza rolls in there tight. So there's not a ton of space for cheese whiz, but we did need a binder, so we could try a cheese whizzy one. At least or- a can's worth. At least a can's worth. <laughs> Oh, gross. Wait, cheese whiz comes in a can? I thought it came like in like an a aerosol spray. Yeah, like an aerosol. You yeah. spray it. Disgusting. Okay. It's, it's okay. like whipped cream. What did you What did you think cheese whiz came I was in? picturing like um, queso that comes in that glass jar at the grocery store. Oh. I thought cheese whiz came no, no, like that, that, that too. No, no. The, 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 that, the glass jar cheese is actually like four steps above cheese whiz. Oh, that's too, the, that's the, too the, nice the, the, for the, Tostino The whiz and cheese is actually a verb because it just comes whizzing on out of the can. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's a full well, sentence. I feel bad cheese for Kristen whiz. Schroeder that you've put her in this category that she's a cheese whiz kind of girl, not a hey, cheese in a Kristen, jar kind of girl. Kristen, shout at me. Let me know if you're mad at it. I have a feeling but you're not. But don't do it on Instagram because you can't find him. But on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. John 
Josh Josh Jackson says that for Dazzle Do It, he thinks an all-you-can-eat pancake loaf is a must. <gasps> so would that just oh. be putting pancake batter in the loafing pan and for and baking it? Yeah, that sounds like basically a like a cake. It's an actual cake. It's a layer cake. It's a cake. Yeah. That's, That's funny. fine. I like cake. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's just been done before. <laughs> it's like you cut into the you cut into your cake, you slice it up, and then there's just a bunch of like layers because it's just a bunch of stacked pancakes. Thanks, thanks, Josh. Josh, you invented cake. Congratulations, <laughs> you win. You listen to this material cake. right here, folks. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, listen, I got a I got a crazy idea. Get a cake pan and fill it with cake batter. Put it on four fifty. Just see what it's called, guys. Cake loaf. Give me wild. Yeah. yeah. Also four fifty. Can I just do a public service announcement? That's significantly too hot. So hey, well here's the thing. People, long time listeners fast. know I don't preheat. I don't preheat. So so <laughs> you're not factoring that in. I don't believe in preheating. You're I think coming in hot, or you're not coming right. in at all. Huh? It's, it's okay. a myth perpetrated by the electric company or the gas company. <laughs> however, you <laughs> your power. Preheating <laughs> is a joke. Big Creed no, is, big, out, big is out there, like winning over, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you know it's the company that makes that one little red light for your oven, the preheat light. They're just sitting on <laughs> piles of cash on a big myth that never. It's the only one company. It's like how all zippers are made by that one company. You know, they all have like the little brand. Have you ever read that? No, I didn't like, know that. So look up. No, hold on. I'm going to look at my jeans right now. Everyone, who's wearing jeans right now? Oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> Uh, Just look yeah, at the I zipper am. on your jeans. Uh, I got, I got oh the my buttons. Gosh, we're all doing this. What does the j- zipper on yours say? Mine says YKK. YKKK yeah. makes all zippers. <gasps> YKK, the YKK is zipper a Japanese yeah, group yeah, of yeah. So I read, the, I read like a big think piece on this one time. Why YKK? Why YKK is on all zippers? It's like they make the zippers and everybody uses oh them. It's just gosh. a thing. I think the preheat light is like that. They know if they they know if this is <laughs> blows wide open, their whole business model is exploded. People don't need them. Like I don't get like how somebody hasn't come in and undercut them. I'm like just disrupt it. That's business 101. If somebody has a monopoly, there's a disruption. Wouldn't be hard. Yeah, you'd think they probably own rights to the. Well, you know, it's like, no, they, I'm the, saying direct to consumer. Button fly. I will say this: big button fly gave it a shot. Yeah, and <laughs> it just you know they they they, they, they was, it was same. a body shot, and they were all the ropes. But YKK came swinging back. Like buttonfly, yeah, are you wearing I mean, buttonfly right now, Cameron? You said I am. I got buttonfly on you. Yeah. Okay, I'm not wow. throwing shade on buttonfly. I'm just saying hadn't caught on. Throw a you little know. shade because I didn't know you could still buy that. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think girls ever were quite as buttonfly as dudes were anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't like look at the jean and go like I don't have a I don't have a closure preference. It's just I get at home and I'm like, oh, these are buttons. Yeah, it's fine. They're oh, not these Y-K-K. are zippers. Okay. No not YKK. Yeah. yeah. So Buttonfly yeah, did try, to be fair. They tried to disrupt, but... Uh, I've never uh, been in a town where, I seen, where I've seen as many Buttonflies, especially for, for the guys as noticing? I have in Nashville. Well, that's like country <laughs> music. That's not like at... I think it is. Yeah, I think belonging. it is a country thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's when they when they get dressed up in their Muffet and Son attire for the barn wedding. Uh, they, they, it's all Buttonfly. It's all Buttonfly no, trousers. Not. They're it's called trousers. trousers. My, uh, my pants are from Top Man, which is a European... Clothier. Oh yeah, so very, yeah. very fashionable. So, so buttons store. are also big in Europe. Apparently, I don't know. Yes, that is true. I can I can mm-hmm. attest to that. I used to I, live in. Scotland. I want to say YKK is like from China. I want to say I can't remember. I did. Re- I read. I spent a mm. lot of. I, I don't know why I went down the rabbit hole. One. I've gone because down a lot of weird your brain, holes. and that's I what you do. You never have to explain yourself to us. We don't. We don't care why you go down the rabbit holes. You go down. 
Josh Conrad, I guess we can uh, leave it on this one because I think the Tostinos pizza rolls is the one that is we that the one universally we're gonna do? decided. Is That's it? That's one we're going to do with the cheese whiz. Cheese okay. uh, <laughs> whiz? No, I mean, she picks. She has to make it. Yeah, yeah, I can do that though. But I think it has to be a group decision. All right, give me a couple we'll more bring options. Bring it in when I'm pizza down there. Rolls. Who who has pizza rolls? Give me a couple more options. I go with I, pizza rolls, but not cheese whiz. As the yeah, cheese whiz. What's no. your binder, Chandler? You what binder do you want to yeah, see? I think try. that's a good. You go pizza, go-to, pizza sure. stuff. Yeah, pizza sauce. Yeah, just no and mozzarella. But that wouldn't really bind, would it? Yeah, that's my that's my concern. Is is it actually going to hold it together? Like in the the original of this was monkey bread, and my family wants to try a nugget loaf with Chick Fil A nuggets and Polynesian sauce as Polynesian sauce as the binder. Oh, so, to be fair, I, I saw two additional nugget loaf requests. Right? Yeah. I mean, we may just maybe we'll do. I mean, I'm okay trying both. But when I'm down here, use like a like a cornbread thing like they do in Chicago style pizza, like. Cre- to create sort of a, oh. a, a Chicago style pizza crust that would hold it together way, a little bit better. By the way, they need I'm to sorry, stop I'm calling that pizza. They need to stop calling that's a casserole. Yeah, we've had this <laughs> conversation. I remember one time in Chicago, people were like, hey, you want to go to some pizza? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, you got to call ahead because it takes them like two hours to bake it. Right. I'm like, well, that's what? not a pizza at that point. You know, it is a, <laughs> it is a gigantic, crazy. gross casserole. Um, <laughs> no, it's not gross. So I'm guessing this weekend it's. It, it's Lala, awesome. you won't be having pizza no, in Chicago. No, not not. Okay. I won't he goes be having for the casserole. schnitzels the and stuff. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll you won't find be having a, a casserole. I'll find a Sabaro and and put a little checkbox by local <laughs> Gross. cuisine. Gross. Gross. Okay, how about French toast loaf? Okay, Annie? this is the Josh one that caught my eye. I think this one. Yeah, that's the one, the one you're feeling, Cameron. Yeah. That's interesting. Would you use like maple syrup as the binder? Yeah, yeah. So what would we do? I guess we would cut up. We'd we'd make the French toast and then we cut each piece into smaller squares and then drop that in the loaf and then add in the loaf pan and then add syrup as our binder and then bake it. You'd have to pre-cook each piece of French toast in order for it to taste like French toast and not just like egg. Right. Because we don't want to scrape. We yeah. can't put egg in the oven at Jesse's face. <laughs> I don't know, we guys. This is getting, I forgot eggs were involved. Yeah, that's why, that's why we'd have involved. to pre-make every piece. I, I will. Y'all don't have to do anything. I have to pre-make every piece of French toast so that the egg is cooked before we put it in the oven or we're going to have an egg casserole. I, I'm really I'm really hesitant about surprise ingredients. Like, it's just... I remember one time I was at a salad bar. It was all you can eat. And I was with some friends and they were like, man, that's how bar. Cause I just got like, you know, uh, just loaded it up. And my friends were like, man, one of my buddies was like, that looks really good. I think I'll get the all you can eat. I'm like, dude, no worries. I'll just go make you a plate, a little freebie, you know? Cause if he goes up, they're going to charge him. Right. But I went up and what I did was I went right to the chocolate pudding and I put that on the base and I made Gross. the salad on top of the chocolate <gasps> pudding. So he didn't You're know. The worst. So he got a couple oh, bites no. in before he had a mouthful of chocolate pudding. <laughs> That's what you're doing with this casserole. You got a surprise ingredient and it's just a blast. Like, ah, oh, you use that for the binding. I wasn't expecting okay. it. I'm not, I don't, I'm not so about the So we're going to use the thing. cheese whiz to bind the French toast is what you're saying. <laughs> Just to the bottom. <laughs> Just double up the maple syrup. Just double uh, up the syrup. So, Cameron, would Eat you rather sugary. see me try the French toast loaf? I just think it has a better shot of actually being good. Okay. I mean, if you're making a breakfast loaf, then go for the French toast for sure. I just don't oh, like. I Chandler don't coming in do. hot with his multi meals a day <laughs> offer. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can do make a breakfast pizza for breakfast. Pizza for breakfast is a loaf. proud tradition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I like. I, have you done the nugget loaf? Yeah. No, we've never done it before. It's, we just dream of it every Christmas. What about like a tater tot loaf? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. 
What would you use as the binder? That's just a potato Cameron? loaf, though. That's yeah, just that's potato true. loaf You're at right. that point. That's just, a, that's just casserole. But that's Cameron, just a giant we... baked potato. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Just tell me what the binder is in your heart, Cameron. What's the binder? I mean, what do you what do you dip tater tots in? I mean, ketchup. Ketchup, ketchup though? That wouldn't be good. That doesn't feel right. No. I don't know. Like what a would barbecue elevate sauce it? or a honey mustard or something. Oh, a honey mustard. I mean, maybe you could do some ground beef in there too, you know, with the tater tots. Yeah, you're, you're literally now describing you a, a hash brown casserole. Oh, yeah, you got a shepherd, shepherd's pie. I don't know. I don't eat that stuff. Yeah, you got a shepherd's pie too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I'm feeling, okay. I think I'm with Cameron. I think I'm going to say the French toast. There's a, the French toast one is, yeah, and, and like really you, you need to experiment with different binders, you know? I mean, I think, yeah. I think the, yeah. I don't know what the, I, I think you should be able to get your wedge, get your slice of the cast or the loaf. And then put your own syrup on it. So, like, I think finding well, an- sure that's true, but there has to be. Yeah, a I know. But so finding another binder that would be complementary to the French toast and syrup. I don't know. I want to see an. I want to see an all binder casserole. It's very soupy. <laughs> it's just hot, <laughs> just hot soup, hot thick soup. Yeah. All right, hot thick soup. It's, just, it's like you just made me a giant thing of hot barbecue sauce. <laughs> what you digging? He said, oh, "I don't need any. I don't need any solids. I just wanted a binder. I wanted a I binder just wanted loaf. A big, I just wanted a, a big hot bowl of barbecue sauce soup. <laughs> barbecue oh. sauce best. All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, early in the show, we were talking about the only thing that's on my mind right now for the next three and a half weeks. And that is, uh, the hood to coast race. And it just got us thinking, uh, Jesse suggested, you know, one way, if I'm not ready to complete the race, uh, I could, uh, you know, have other ways to accomplish the task. So it got us thinking for this week's question of the week, we want to know if you were obligated to run 20 miles and were physically unable to do it, Mm-hmm. What would you do to complete the task? Because the people of South Sudan need you to. I, I, exactly. I want to address the elephant in the room: is morality. Thing here, okay. <laughs> what if Rahab oh had decided not to tell one little white lie and it, instead let the spies get Don't caught? We'd have a whole Don't different Old Testament. You're ex- <laughs> it's fine this. to do a little sin. Listen, listen. A little bit He's secular. Helping. He's helping people of South Sudan. It's for the greater good. He's cheating. Yes. Is that wrong? You make the yes. call. You make the call. What if Rahab, what if Rahab had told the truth, Annie? Have you thought about that? She lied. I, no, she lied. No. Is lying wrong? Not in that case. You're such Sudan, a preacher. I know. That's why Cameron is ethically able to wear this wheel suit. I rest my case. <laughs> wheel suit. So you have to go 20 miles. A lot of it is downhill, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. would you do to accomplish the task? And wheel suit is off the table. Hey Cameron, you have to make sure that part of that cheating scheme is you rigging the, like which legs of it you're running. You have to have access to the map because you don't want to be on an uphill portion or you're going to be caught red-handed because you're going to be dozing off comfortably <laughs> sleeping and rolling. All of a sudden, you're rolling backwards towards the, the van. You know, you got to plan this out ahead of time. Oh, man. Okay. Well, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you can post your longer schemes on the podcast episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. <laughs> Well, many thanks to Ethan Hawke for joining us. Make sure to go check out his film, First Reformed. It is out now, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's worth your time. Also, yeah. the new issue of Relevance available now. Leon Bridges is on the cover. Ethan Hawke's in it. There's an incredible content front to back. Go check it out. You can view it online at relevantmagazine.com or you can pick it up at newsstands uh, as well. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> and I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you Friday when Derek Miner joins us. Don't miss it. Don't lie, so I put on my makeup. I 
listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. guy in a wheel suit that's coming at us at at 70 miles relevant podcast network everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.